Okay, I want you to open your Bible with me. I want you to have a look at Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. And I want to just share something with you on touching God, pursuing God. <clears throat> Hebrews 11 and verse 6. You know, there's a mistake that a lot of people have. They think that God will touch them when He wants to. Or God will do things when He wants to. So if nothing much is happening, they think, well, maybe God isn't wanting to, or maybe some kind of, you know, there's some kind of hold-up or whatever, and I'll just carry on or plot on. Uh, most people think that God is going to touch them when He's ready. But actually, God tells us very clearly of His desire to touch and change our life and our need to pursue Him. Look at the Scripture here. Our need to pursue Him. It's a mistake to leave it up to God. Many times you say, oh, well, if God wants to bless me, He'll bless me. Listen, you'll never receive things from God that way. Well, if God wants to touch me, He'll touch me. Listen, you won't get anything that way. You watch while other people get touched by God. You watch while other people get miracles. You watch while other people seem to have things happen in their life. Because the Bible's very, very clear. Look at this verse, Hebrews eleven six. And it's a very beautiful verse, this one here. I had it in my diary, so every day, every day when I turn my electronic diary on, this would come up. This is the first thing I'd see every day. Now, without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Without faith, it's impossible for, to please Him. For he that comes to God must believe that He is and that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. Do you understand now, if you want to please God, the thing that pleases God is not being a nice person. The thing that pleases God is not trying to live a good life today. That's not what pleases Him. He's already pleased with you. What really touches Him and what gives Him pleasure is when you lean on Him and begin to trust Him and step out in your life to do things based on that trust. We tend to think of the word believe. We tend to think, well, you know, I guess I, I believe that Jesus is there. Now listen, in the Bible, when the word uses the, the word believe, it means that you have taken God's word into your heart and you have stepped out and you're now beginning to build your life and act in your life on what you believe. In other words, biblical believing always changes what you say and how you live your life. The devils believe in God, but they don't get saved. The devils believe in Jesus. They know Jesus died on the cross, rose from the dead, but they do not get saved. What saves people is a faith that puts their trust in the Lord and begins to walk with Him. So notice this, the Bible says He is. He that comes to God must believe that He is, that He's there, and that He's a rewarder. That's one who pays wages or gives a benefit and blessing to those who, who diligently seek Him. Now, that just doesn't mean say a prayer once in a while. That means there's an active pursuit, believing that what God said could be yours can be yours. It's a diligent pursuit. It's a pressing strongly into His presence to obtain what you believe you are entitled to. In Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 15 and 16, particularly 16, Hebrews 4 verse 16, this is what the Bible says. Now let us come boldly. That means with confidence, with determination, with perseverance. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace. So how does God want you to come? He wants you to come not passively. He wants you to come strongly and confidently because of things you know, because of things He said. Come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain. That word means literally to seize hold of something and make it your possession. Now, if you've got something in your hand, then it's yours. It manifests in the earth. 
trouble is many Christians just kind of plod along, hoping to just do the best they can, rather than living a life that is looking for what God has promised and persevering in pursuing Him to make it reality in their life. See? He says, diligently seek, boldly come, and obtain. So it's no use saying a little prayer to God. God wants me to keep persevering in prayer and, and with boldness and confidence until I've taken hold of something and it is now mine. And to find out what I can take hold of, I need to know what He promises. So most people I find are very passive. I go all over New Zealand, around different places. I find people incredibly passive. God wants you to take initiative. You see, no, he's waiting for him to wake you up to get you up tomorrow. Set your alarm and get up. And when you get up, pursue God. God, today, I want your hand on my life. Today, I want your blessing on my life. Lord, you have said in your word, this is mine. I want this to come into being in my life. I don't want it to be a promise in the Bible. I want to obtain it. When you obtain it, it's yours. It's operating, it's happening in your life. That's the difference between people who really persevere in prayer and obtain things from the Lord. I want to obtain things. Interesting, he says, uh, uh, come boldly, throne of grace, obtain mercy. Uh, there's a number of people in the Bible who obtain mercy. There was a man who was blind. For him, mercy meant he got a miracle. He saw. There's another woman, we're going to have a look at her shortly. And for her, the, the mercy that she was looking for was a deliverance for her daughter. But every one of these cases, these people rose up. They were determined to have what they believed God said could be theirs. And they did not leave pursuing until they had it. We so often just pray without sort of sticking with it. We say a little prayer, well, Lord, you know, bless this and do this and do that. But Jesus teaches us very strongly the need for us to be active in our pursuit of him. I want you to look at a couple of verses here. Mark chapter 6 and verse 50. Mark 6. Mark chapter 6. Look at this. Mark chapter 6. And it says, uh, <clears throat> well, here it is. No, it is. It's a little bit further down. 56. And wherever he entered into villages, cities, or the country, they laid the sick in the marketplace and begged him. They pressed him that he might just touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched him, as many as seized and took hold of his garment, power flowed to them and they were healed. It says that everyone who took hold of him, they didn't just sort of wait and hope something had happened. They came with expectation and they came and they seized hold of his garment. When they did that, there was a miracle took place. Here's another one. Have a look at this one here in Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now there was a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years. And she had suffered many things from the hands of many physicians and spent all that she had. Didn't get any better. Rather, got worse. She got worse. She was sick. Probably terminally sick. She kept going to the doctor and all her money had gone. She's still not any better. Then she heard about Jesus. What did she hear? She heard what he's like. She heard he is merciful. She heard that he's good. She heard that he healed people. Now, she never seen a miracle. She just heard about it. And something rose in her heart to believe that if I could just touch him, I would get a miracle too. 
You see, her faith wasn't even based on a word in the Bible. Her faith was based, she heard someone else got a miracle and something rose up inside her and said, if I could just touch him, I'd get a miracle too. She was a desperate woman. Sometimes the people who get miracles are the ones who are desperate because they've got nowhere else to go. Others, well, if it doesn't work, I guess I'll go to the doctor. And so they end up going to the doctor. Because they started coming to God, well, if it doesn't work, I'll go to the doctor. There was no faith in that. And I found often the places the biggest and best miracles seem to take place is where people are the most desperate. And they come and they're desperate. There's no answer. Even the doctor can't give them an answer. They desperately need a breakthrough. And so this woman, she said, notice what she's saying. If I can just touch him, I will be healed. When you come to the Lord, what are you saying inside yourself? Are you saying, well, if God wants to, I guess he'll do something for me. Or if it's my time, I guess God will do something. Or perhaps it's, you know, God may decide. Or are you saying inside, I am going to touch him. I am going to take hold of what he has said could be mine. I will touch the presence of God today. You see, are you a person who breaks through resistance and, and difficulties and spiritual pressure? Or are you a person who just yields to whatever's going on? Faith has got a determination and an assertiveness in it. And we need to be that kind of people. What is it you are pursuing God for in your life? For your personal life and for the sake of those around you? Is there anything you're stirring yourself up to say, God, I want this. I won't rest till I have this. Is there anything that you are stirring yourself up and saying, God, I believe this can be mine and I'm going to pursue you with prayer, with seeking you until it comes into being and I see it. I want to share with you just two stories here. They're very good stories and they're, they're encounters of people and each of them had the same quality in their life. The first one is a story that Jesus told. The second one is a real person. In Luke chapter 18 and verse 1, Jesus taught his disciples that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So Jesus is wanting to teach a lesson. He can tell a story now. And the lesson he's going to teach them is very simple. Here's the, he tells you right up at the beginning. He said, I'm going to tell you a story. And here's the point of the story. This is why I'm telling it. That you should pray and not faint. Or not lose heart. One of the things that happens sometimes when we pray is when we don't see what we've prayed for, we lose heart. We begin to be discouraged. We feel maybe God doesn't care about us. We feel maybe God doesn't listen to my prayers. We become very conscious of lacks or failures in our personal life. We seem to be overwhelmed with all kinds of feelings and we begin to be discouraged that God will give us what we're asking of Him. Very easy. I've been discouraged at times. I've been in that place of fainting at times. But Jesus said this. He tells a story that men are always to pray and not faint. Don't lose heart. Don't quit. Don't give up. Your breakthrough can be tomorrow. You'll never know which night is the night you get the breakthrough. And you wouldn't want to have sought God for months. And then the night before your breakthrough gave up. I guess there's a lot of people find themselves in that position. I guess when we go to heaven, we'll, we'll be able to look and Jesus will show us back over our life and we'll see how we sought him and then we fainted. We just passed out and gave up. You ever seen a person faint? 
They're sort of doing fine, and suddenly their eyes roll. They fall over. They've passed out. They've lost the plot. It's very easy to get like that in your personal spiritual life and prayer. What is it you are pursuing God for? Can you think back where you wanted something from God, it didn't come, and you gave up? You fainted. Well, Jesus said, yeah, come on, don't faint, don't quit, don't give up. And so he told the story of a woman, and this woman had an issue of an injustice in her life. And so let's read it in the Bible, and then we're going to just have a look at a couple of things. The thing that Jesus wants you to understand is the willingness of God to give you the breakthrough. Luke 18 and verse 1. Luke 18 and verse 1. Here it is. Luke 18, he spoke to them a parable saying, men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now there was in the city a judge who did not fear God nor regard man. And there was a widow in the city and she came and said, I want justice from my adversary. And he wouldn't for a while, but afterwards he said within himself, though I don't fear God nor regard man, yet because this widow troubles me, I will give her what she's looking for, lest by her continual coming she wears me down. Now the Lord said, hear what the just, unjust judge says. Okay, now Jesus is saying now, listen to what he said. First of all, this judge is an ungodly man. Second thing, he's got no fear of God at all, and he's got no real care about people either. He's an unjust person. But this is what he says. He says, this woman's going to wear me down. I've got to give her what she wants. What the heck is she? I've got to get her off my back. Now you notice there's no mercy in his heart. There's no compassion in his heart. There's no fear of God. He's not a just man. He's an ungodly man. But he responds just because she perseveres. She just nags away at him until she gets what she wants. You know what? She keeps beating on the door, and she will not let go till she exits with what he can give her. And he realizes she's not going to quit. He ignores her. He tries to shut the door. He tries to tell her to go away. But she will not let go. I want this issue resolved. Finally, he says, God, I've got to get her off my back. I'll give her what she wants. So he said, now, if an unjust judge who doesn't fear God, has got no compassion for anyone, will give in, how much more will God, who is gracious and loving and cares about you, answer your prayers if you persevere? How much more would God do that? So naturally, you can wear people down if you're persistent. You just wear them down. I remember oh, Bill Sabritsky. How many know Bill Sabritsky? Bill Sabritsky's a, a, a lawyer and, and a property person, but he's also a Holy Ghost minister. And uh, anyway, a little while ago, he had one of these cult watch people write him a letter and uh, run him down. Now, Bill's not a man to avoid a fight. So Bill decided that he would, he would send a reply. And so they sent him one page. He sent about 20 pages of rebuttal. They sent another page back. He sent another 20 pages of rebuttal. And this went backwards and forwards. And no matter what they said, now these guys, this, uh, they, they, have a, they have a critical spirit and they're against things that the Holy Ghost is doing. They were out to try and criticize him and tear him down. He just went for them. And every time they'd write a sheet, he would write down about 20. And he would use his lawyer mind. In the end, he literally wore them down. And they said, we don't want to have any more discussions with you. It's all over. In other words, he literally just wore them down by determination, 
not to give in. He's wore down the resistance. And Jesus saying in the story, they said, you can wear down the resistance naturally and get what you want. How much more if God wants to bless you, pursuing in prayer will get results. So he encourages us, don't quit, don't quit, don't faint. What is it you're believing God for? What is the situation in your life? You're wanting to get an answer from God. Notice this woman has got an injustice and there's an adversary. The Bible tells us that the devil is our adversary. So what is it that is being withheld from you? What is it is an issue in your life? What is it a pressure you're facing? What is it God is saying? Don't quit. Don't faint. Don't pass out. Just persevere until you break through. Well, then, of course, you think, well, I wonder why it is I have to keep knocking. Why doesn't God just give it to me every time I want? I don't know any of you see the movie Liar, Liar. Uh, not Liar, Liar. That was the movie uh, Bruce Almighty. Well, Bruce got the job of playing God, and all these prayers came in. And it's funny, he just said yes to every one of them. And the havoc he created by saying yes to everything. It would be havoc for us, and we would never grow if we didn't learn how to persevere. You'd never grow character. You'd never grow deep faith. I want to show you just one more story, then we'll finish up, of a woman. And she faced a certain problem when she came to Jesus. Sometimes it's a problem that we face too, where we come to him and it looks as though he doesn't care. And this woman did exactly what Jesus said the disciples should do. Pray and don't quit or give up. Let's have a look at it. We find this woman and uh, she's in desperate need of a miracle, not for herself. The first one was for herself. This one is needing a miracle for someone else. Let's find it in Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. And here's a woman who's wanting something for someone else who she loves. Verse, uh, Matthew chapter 15, verse 21. Jesus went out from there, went to the region of Tyre and Sidon, and there was a woman of Canaan came to him. And she said, have mercy on me. So she's doing the right thing. Let us come boldly to the throne of grace to obtain mercy. And what mercy does she need? She says, my daughter is severely demonized. Now, this is a woman who's coming on behalf of someone else. Now, God wants us not just to be coming on it for our own needs. He wants you to be coming with a heart for someone else. I wonder how many of you here are carrying a heart for someone else who's in demonic bondage, who's bound up in drugs or alcohol, some kind of sexual problem, some kind of abuse, some kind of issue in their home, in their personal life. Young people, how many of you day by day, are asking for someone you know to get a release from the hold of the devil. The Bible says that the devil blinds the eyes of those who do not believe the gospel, lest the light of the gospel should shine into them. How many of you have at least one person on your heart that you are crying out to God for? You want God to move in your life. You want God to answer your prayer, but you need to get the heart of God. The heart of God is for those also who don't know him. What about your friends who don't know him? How many of you day by day have someone that you're saying, God, I need a breakthrough for this person? This is what this woman did. She came to Jesus, and this is what she said. I have got a daughter, someone I care about, someone that means much to me, and I want, now notice this, I want you to give mercy on me. She's saying, I want you to touch me. I want you to give me what I want. I want you to show me kindness. 
Lord, if you want to show me kindness, help my friend out. Help my daughter out. Help this family member out. And notice what Jesus did. Kind, caring, loving Jesus. And some of you may have experienced this. It says, verse 23, he didn't answer her a word. He didn't say a word. Didn't answer her. Ignored her. He ignored her. Ever felt God ignored you when you prayed? Ever felt you prayed and it seemed like God didn't care, didn't answer, didn't even answer, didn't say a word, didn't, didn't seem like he'd even heard you, didn't even think about you, it seemed. You know what? This woman refused to be ignored. You see, what was driving her was a heart of compassion. This is her daughter. I'm not leaving this man till I've got a miracle. I'm going to just rattle and rattle and knock and knock and knock and knock and knock until I get what I come for. I know what I've come for. I know exactly what I want. I want, the, I want my daughter delivered. See, when you come to the Lord, come knowing exactly what you're after. Exactly what you're after. I want my friend saved. I want my friend touched by your power. And so when God seems to ignore you and the person seems to get worse, don't be ignored. This woman refused to be ignored. And the disciples came and urged them, saying, send her away. She's crying out after us. So notice, after Jesus said nothing to her, she started to rattle on the disciples. Help us. Help us. Give me help. Ask, speak to Jesus. And the disciples were fed up with her. They said, send this woman away. She's a, she's a nuisance. She refused to be discouraged. Isn't that amazing? Come to the disciples of Jesus. Many times people come to Christians and they're just too busy or can't be bothered or don't feel like they've got the answers. And they just, oh, come on, get rid of her. If I just get rid of her, she's bugging me. That's virtually what they were saying. This woman's bugging us. Lord, send her off. We don't even like her. She's, she's not even a, a Jew. She's not even from our nation. She's a Canaanite woman. How easy it is to have a hard heart towards people because they're not like us. They're not the same as us or they're a bit different to us. And so we think, well, I can't be bothered with them. Jesus, I can't be look, get them away. They're bugging me. I wonder how many times someone has been irritating you in your life and you're praying Jesus will send them away. And what Jesus wants you to do is believe God for a miracle to change them. Say, so, hey, this woman's retro. She wouldn't be discouraged. She wouldn't be turned off. She kept going. And so she kept going. She didn't let the disciples put her off either. She just kept going. He answered and said, I wasn't sent until the, except until the lost sheep of the house of Israel. She came and worshipped him and said, Lord, help me. So notice what Jesus is saying. This is what he says to her. He said, this, he's finally spoken. This is what he says. Well, my mission is, uh, the, is the Jews. I'm not really out to touch the Gentiles. So what she was asking went beyond the day that Jesus was in. She says, yeah, but Lord. And she just began to worship him. She worshiped him. She's, she's determined she'll have that miracle. She's determined she'll reach out and take what even, doesn't even belong to hers and make it hers. She's determined. Won't give up. She won't be discouraged. Won't be refused. And so Jesus made an interesting statement. It's not fit to give what's uh, the children's bread to dogs. Of course, the Gentiles, uh, ref the uh, Jews referred to the Canaanite people as dogs. It was just a common expression. They looked down on them and despised them. So Jesus just took a common expression that was used there. In other words, he was referring to the fact that she was a Canaanite woman. And why should a Canaanite woman get the blessings that only God's people should get? A lot of Christians think that way. They think, well, why should unsaved people get healed and I haven't been healed? 
Why should they get blessed? I found that God will bless them. The best miracles I've seen overseas, best miracles I've seen almost everywhere I've been, have been with unsaved people. I've seen unsaved people get up out of a wheelchair and walk, just like that. And Christians go home and they're still in the wheelchair. You think, well, how come she deserves, like Jesus saying, well, it's not right to give the children's bed to the dogs. But this is what, this is what the woman said. Even so, I'll still have a crumb. And now you understand what Jesus was saying. Jesus was actually wanting to teach his disciples what real faith looks like. Why did Jesus not just answer her straight away? Because he knew the quality of her faith and he wanted to demonstrate to those around, this is what real faith looks like. When no answer comes from heaven, it doesn't quit. When the other Christians are discouraging you to give up, it doesn't quit. When it seems like God is refusing to take care of you, it doesn't quit. When it seems like you're asking for something you couldn't get, he doesn't quit. And Jesus then stood back and said, what great faith this woman has just demonstrated. How did she show great faith? She just wouldn't quit. There was nothing turned her off. She refused to be ignored. She refused to be discouraged. She refused to be turned aside. And she refused to be offended when the answer didn't come. I would know heaps of Christians got offended when God didn't do what they wanted, got offended because he didn't answer when they wanted, got offended because of the things that really happened that they didn't expect to happen, and they just did not, they missed the chance to show great faith. That woman pleased the Lord. She had great faith. Jesus was forever telling his disciples off for their little faith. Here they walked around, they saw all the miracles, but they didn't have the same faith this woman had. True faith will persevere and persevere and persevere because it's the nature of God to be good and I will have what he says I can have. I will come boldly to the throne of grace and I will obtain what I want. In the parable in Luke 18, Jesus finishes it up by saying this. He starts saying, men ought always to pray and not to faint not lose heart. Then he finishes up saying this, now when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith among the people of God? See, will God find faith in your heart? The persevering kind of faith that doesn't quit and sees the miracles and supernatural come into your life. You know, I go around the world in many countries and Ian goes around and we've got teams out in different countries and uh, the, the thing that is easily very offensive is seeing really major miracles in other places and yet not so many miracles in the home situation. It is a situation which would cause you to feel offended. It's almost as God, he's favoring that people and we're not even getting the crumbs. But you have to make a decision in your heart. I won't be offended. I will persevere until I see the miracles of God occurring over and over and over in my life. I will see God giving me miracles, and I will see God giving miracles to people I care about. I wonder tonight if you are in faith. I wonder if there's faith in your heart tonight. I wonder whether you've got the gutsy kind of faith, the determined kind of faith that says, no matter what the kids in the school looks like, I believe I'm going to get some of them saved before this year's out. 
I don't care how hard they look, how much parting they're doing. I believe they're empty and they need Jesus. And I'm going to pray and hold on to God for them until I see them get saved. I don't care how many times they turn me away, laugh at me, make fun of me. I got something they need and I'm not going to give up praying until God breaks through. I wonder if you've got anyone in your heart you're praying for. Have you got anyone? If you haven't, there's something missing in your life. It's called persistent faith. And it's called compassion for those around you. Come on, let's just close our eyes right now. I want to just uh, challenge every person here tonight concerning what's happening in the life of faith. Men ought always pray, are you continuing in prayer and believing God or have you fainted? I wonder tonight if there are people who have fainted. You've just in your heart given up hope that God would give a breakthrough or a release for your own life. Why don't you just raise your hand if that's where you are right now. God bless, God bless, God bless. Many people. I wonder how many people that you've lost hope and heart for those around you you love that are demonized or afflicted or held in bondage and they need to come to Christ. And you know tonight God's stirring you don't give up to pray for them again. Why don't you raise your hand right now? God bless many people. I want you just right now in your heart just to follow me and flow with me in this prayer. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, I've allowed my faith to waver. Tonight, I commit again to pray, to persevere in prayer to diligently seek you, to see miracles in my life, to see miracles in the lives of those I love. I refuse to quit. I refuse to be discouraged. I know, Lord, that you have determined to bless me. And I reach out to you tonight in fresh expectation. In Jesus' mighty name.